to Playmakers, everyone. I'm your host, Haley Elwood. We are in the postseason. We got a special postseason edition of this show. And joining me to talk about the wildcard weekend matchup that the Chargers will have against the Jacksonville Jaguars is ESPN's Lindsay Theory. Lindsay, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me, Haley. Yeah, excited to do this. All right, so a lot of talk, but now we know the who, the where, the why, everything. Chargers at Jags Saturday night on NBC. General overall thoughts on this matchup for you. What a great opportunity for the Chargers. It's just kind of funny sometimes how things work out. Uh, Keenan Allen, I was talking to him a couple of weeks ago, and he's like, you know, we really had some tough losses this season. Loss number one that comes to mind that was tough was the Jaguars. 38-10, to 10, week three. It was a low moment for this team, losing a couple of guys, Joey Bosa and Rashawn Slater, to injury. So what greater opportunity than to be able to go against the Jags in the first round of the playoffs um, to really, for this Chargers team, prove who they are and prove that they are not the same team that they were in week three. It's an, it's an interesting thing when you kind of think of playoff seating and everything like that, because obviously the goal is to win your division because that gets you in. But to end up as the five, yeah, I don't want to call it easier. I'm not going to use that term, but it's a slightly better path having to face the four than versus maybe if you were the six or seven having to go to the two or three. Would you say that's the case in this one? Definitely, I would say that. I mean, these are two teams that if you just went by the numbers, if you look at how their seasons have gone, Similar kind of matchup. I, if I were going to the playoffs, I would definitely want to be a team that is some, somewhat similar to you versus like, you know, the Chiefs versus the Bills, who are you know very emotional, have a lot of um, yeah. momentum behind them. Not to say the Jaguars don't, but it's just different um, playing a team that's really kind of gone through the ups and downs like you have, and who seems to be a little bit on more of a similar level than say, you know, going to face the number two seed. That is just a lot more daunting. This seems at least by the numbers, much more manageable. How much stock do you put in that week three game? There was a lot going on. We got the ribs game, the players were missing, players went out, but do you go back and really look at that or do you sort of move forward and go, no. both these teams are so different? I think these teams are just so different. If I do put any stock in it, it is that that game did leave a lasting impression on some of the Chargers players' minds um, when you talk to them. It did, it, it was a very sour taste. So if there's any stock, I put it in that, that maybe there's that little extra motivation, Derwin James kind of said there is. Um, but other than that, I mean, when you look at what the Jaguars have done the last five weeks, they look like a different team. When you look at just who the Chargers have available, yeah. uh, a different team. I mean, Corey Lindsley didn't play that game. That's a huge loss. So at this point, week three is so far gone that to me it's like a whole new game with a little, maybe a little extra in there. Mm -hmm. You lead me right into my next question, which was going to be about Corey Lindsley. Because obviously, like I mentioned, it was the rib cartilage game for Justin Herbert. There was no Keenan Allen. But to me, the biggest loss in that one right off the bat was not having Corey. And we have seen, as this team has played throughout the season, games that he has missed, the impact that he has. Looking at him, what can you say about his presence to this team and how that will now be a factor in this game as someone who's had a lot of playoff experience as well? There's so much to be said about the relationship between a veteran center, especially, and a young quarterback. 
Uh, so when he was out earlier in the season, it's like, wow, that could really have an effect on, on Justin, who by all measures is very, very talented, very gifted, very intelligent. But still, that veteran center provides a presence that just you can't quite quantify. Um, going into the playoffs, having him there, uh, you know, the, a lot of these guys haven't been to the playoffs before. They don't right. know what it's like. And everything just gets dialed up and you think you're calm you think you're cool you think you're collected all the things that everyone describes justin is as and and maybe he will be um but maybe he wouldn't be and someone like Corey can be a calming voice he can get everybody on the same page if things get chaotic um so the really the value he brings like you just can't quantify it but the, the veteran center is so important to piggyback off of that, this offseason, the Chargers brought in a number of free agent acquisitions, and it was no coincidence that a lot of these guys had Super Bowl experience, playoff experience, things of that sort. Looking at some of those players now, the Kyle Van Noys, the Morgan Foxes, Sebastian Joseph Days, how much of a factor do you think that'll be in helping maybe guide some of those young guys along? So much. Uh, Kyle Vannoy, you mentioned, he, over the last several weeks, has really stepped up in a big way to provide leadership for this defense especially. Um, so I think that when he gets into the game and when they get into this environment, having someone like Kyle, having someone like Sebastian, who I know was out last year for the Super Bowl, he wasn't available, but he's been around, he's been on two teams that have gone deep into the playoffs with the Rams. So having those kind of guys who can, I, I think they're really a calming influence more than anything because um, managing emotions becomes the toughest part of going into the playoffs, especially when you haven't been there recently. So having those guys who they can lean on really for that kind of guidance, I think will be very important, very big for them. We know that this Chargers team has gotten guys back, which has been a huge part in sort of their surge at the end of the season. But in other ways, maybe what are some things that you saw from this group that really guided them to the postseason over those last few weeks of the regular season? Definitely the way they've come together. Um, I know I was new on the beat this year, so I was just kind of trying to navigate and learn my way early in the season. But I kind of looking around, you got the vibe that everyone feels a bit new around here. Mm -hmm. Like there wasn't, didn't feel like a ton of camaraderie maybe in the locker room. Um, it didn't feel like a group that really felt comfortable and knew each other. Um, and this, it, it so, sounds so oversimplified, but you know, Khalil Mack decides, oh, you guys all want to get to know each other and go to dinner? Let's do it. Uh, yeah, Kyle yeah. Van Noy says, we're not playing to the potential that we can be. Let's go have some player only meetings where we can really truly figure this out. So as that has all happened, just coincidentally, their play on the field has gotten better. And, you know, for a group to, to make a couple runs, um, I, mean, I was fortunate enough to cover a team that had made several runs. You have to be a very connected group. It can't be a bunch of individuals. So I think really seeing that take off and now it's like, on Fridays, you hear guys saying, where are we all going tonight? What are we all doing together tonight? I mean, it is just such a turnaround from how you felt and what you heard early in the season. So we'll circle back to some game questions at the end, but this is the perfect segue because you wrote a fantastic article for ESPN about those dinners, about those team dinners and specifically mm -hmm. defensive ones that, that Khalil Mack started. What was maybe the biggest thing that you learned about this team through that writing process? Yeah, I think just kind of actually what I mentioned is how yeah. 
much they came together. Uh, Jasir Taylor was telling me uh, one of the things he looked forward to most coming into the NFL were position dinners. Uh, it's a common thing, uh, most teams, right? And he got here and he's like, darn it, there's no position dinner. Where like, are they? <laughs> yeah, like, especially young guys, right? Because they come to the NFL, mm -hmm. many of them, not all, but many don't have a family that came with them and, you know, they don't have a spouse to go home to yet. So, like, they're looking for uh, that kind of connection uh, that they had maybe in college. And so for them to kind of all look around like, well, who's doing it? Who's doing it? Who's doing it? And then Khalil did it. Um, I think that was actually kind of the coolest thing to learn is that, um, you know, it wasn't something they had. And then someone, a veteran player who was in his first year here, took right. it upon himself to say, like, let's do this. We're going to do this. So I think that was cool. Um, hearing what guys ordered, that was also <laughs> <pretty> fun. <laughs> yeah. We'll get to that in a second. But just touching on Khalil briefly, what does it say about him? Again, you mentioned he's a seasoned veteran in the mm. NFL, but new to the Chargers. But what does that say about him to sort of pick up the reins and be like, hey, I'm going to take this on. I'm going to kind of lead this charge, no pun intended, on bringing everyone together and helping everyone sort of come together. You're a clever one, pun intended, Haley. Uh, I think it was huge. So Brandon Saley, I've asked him like ad nauseum. He probably wants me to stop asking, you know, how do you know you're building something? How do you know you're building the right culture? And he's like, it's all about the people. It's all about the people. Mm -hmm. And Khalil's very quiet and a bit unassuming when you talk to him in the locker room. I mean, obviously he's, his play speaks for itself. Right. So it was really kind of cool to see like, oh, he's the guy who will step up, will do these things. Cause he's, I don't know that he's introverted. I don't know Khalil Mack well enough to say anything other than, not super chatty with reporters, which is totally okay. <laughs> uh, but to, to know that he is like, you know, this is a new place. And the Chargers made a, a very pointed effort um, to go get him, to bring mm -hmm. him here. Because he is the kind of player, the kind of professional, I should say, that they want to build this organization around. Um, so the fact that he is the guy that steps up, I think, is no coincidence because that's what Brandon Staley and Tom Telesco saw in him. I think when you mentioned his sort of coolness, uh, when the Chargers had traded for him, I had reached out to my counterparts at the Raiders and the Bears and said, okay, what do I need to know about Cleo Mack? And they got back to me and said very similar things in terms of, well, he doesn't say a lot, but he's so he's got so much swag when he does and you could see that sort of he's quiet and he's been quiet especially in terms of doing media and things of that sort but his play speaks for itself and like you said he's got that sort of quiet swagger but enough leadership and and I guess you could attribute that to all the years that he's accrued in this league to really take on that challenge of maybe bringing even some of the younger guys along too and even though he's quiet with us I've heard that he is um He's pretty funny and he has yeah. a pretty, pretty loud personality when you get him around mm -hmm. like his people. All right, let's talk about these dinners. What were the favorite meals that you learned <laughs> about? Butter cake, it's all about the butter yeah. cake at Mastro's, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, it's funny, like uh, Braden Fehoko, I mean, how can you not just start laughing <laughs> when he's like, you know, I ordered the steak, I ordered the calamari, and then you got to get two orders of this, and you get three orders of this. I'm like, Brayden, are you eating all this? He's like, yeah. And then I'm taking some home with me. I'm like, so Khalil's paying for your dinner and, you know, your leftover dinner? And your doggy bag. Yeah, Khalil himself <laughs> told me at Mastro's, which is a really lovely steakhouse for mm -hmm. anyone who's unaware, um, that he orders chicken. 
I thought that was interesting. But then Javier's, yeah. he orders the steak. And Javier's is a really great Mexican restaurant that he orders the steak there. But the chicken at Mastro's. Um, I think <laughs> another fun debate that came up, uh, poor Jasir Taylor, the rookie, told me he I was going to bring this up. Steak, well done. Really mm-hmm. well done. But he heard that when you go out to dinner with important people, you should not order your steak like that. So he said he follows Derwin James' lead, and he gets his steak medium well plus. Like, I think that's a really complicated way of saying well done. <laughs> uh, so he, he, but he's trying. He's trying to go to the more rare side. Um, so that's yeah, really it, it, that phrase sort of gives you a little more cred at a, at a steakhouse like a Mastro's than if you go up with the, the full-on well done, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, the other um, the other one I loved was a uh, was Chris Rumpf who mentioned oh. how uh, his order. He's like, yeah, I, I'll get this, but like, keep it on the, the download. Do. Pay for it. <laughs> He's a little better when someone yeah. else is in the bill. Yeah, yeah, that was great. He's a little better. No, it was so great, and I think it was such a great peek into you mentioned just the tightness and sort of bond that's been built over the latter half of the season. I I sat down with Keenan Allen today, and that's something that he talked about too, that sort of, you know, when guys were missing, guys had been in and out of the lineups as well. But you mentioned in that piece, even someone like Joey Bosa, who wasn't playing for a large majority of the season, was still attending those dinners and still trying to be part of, you know, the group on defense. And then I know they extended outward, right? Even Justin Mm -hmm. Herbert, some of the offensive players showed up. Yeah, that was funny. Sebastian Joseph Day, I was talking to him, and he's like, yeah, it's growing, it's growing. Offensive guy showed up, he goes, Justin walked in the door, Justin. <laughs> I'm like, that's great. Like, you know, the, the quarterback's coming, so it really, um, and you do, every Friday now you hear the chatter, um, the locker room, the way it's set up, right? Most of the defense is on one side, and then there's kind of this divide just by the mm-hmm. The, the build of the locker and the layout um, but you hear you know guys shouting across where are we going to dinner where are we going to dinner so it's really been like this galvanizing thing and I don't think things like that can be overstated how important mm-hmm. it is for a team to be connected if you want to go as far as, as, as you can because um, you know a bunch of individuals playing football can be great but if you really want to achieve a Super Bowl. If you want to go to an AFC championship, you've got to have a little something extra. Yeah, it's truly, truly, truly a, team, a team, sport. team sport. So moving forward into this week's game, just a little bit more, a couple more questions. What maybe is the biggest challenge you see from the, for the Chargers this week against the Jags? Yeah, I think they're a team with a lot of momentum. Uh, mm-hmm. Momentum has been mentioned around the Chargers. Obviously, they lost their final, their regular season finale. Um, the Jags have a ton of momentum right now. Their offense is really clicking. Trevor Lawrence, um, especially when he's getting outside the pocket, has been very, very successful. He is getting all of his playmakers involved. Um, so a team like that, I, I just actually spoke with a, a Jags player who told me not only that, but they're at home, and they are feeling yeah. the support there more th- so than ever um, for some guys that have been there for many, many years. So just that kind of momentum, that kind of home atmosphere, um, not to mention the Chargers are having to fly across the country on a short week, like that is, um, that's a tough, tough thing to battle. Absolutely. I think uh, that was one of the craziest things when I was watching the week 18 game between them and the Titans, just how much of a party it looked like in Jacksonville. And it's a wild place, but it's another night game. And I'm sure you pin these two quarterbacks up against each other and these environments. And it probably parlayed into the fact of why NBC decided to put it where it was. 
Mm -hmm. No doubt. I mean, the fact that you have Trevor Lawrence in his second season and yeah. Justin Herbert in his third, and they're two of the youngest and the brightest, um, two of the best hair. Those guys are great oh, hair. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, I think that it, it just is a really intriguing matchup of, of two guys, frankly, we should see in the playoffs for many years to come. I've said this before on other podcasts, but I'll say it here. I pay to get this length added to my hair and this color done. And those guys, it's just like God given. It's, it's so, oh, so yeah. jealous. Yeah. Yeah. All right. A couple more for you. What do you think this game is going to come down to? Yeah. Uh, that's a Haley, man. We're, we're getting into it. I, <laughs> to me, <laughs> I'm, let me think about that for a minute. What do I think it's going to come down? I, I do think it's like most chargers games do. I think it's going to come down to the last minute. Yeah. Um, and I think that it's going to come down to one either critical stop or one critical turnover late in the fourth quarter. Um, yeah. You know, for, for the Chargers, I think obviously it depends a lot on if Mike Williams is there. Mm -hmm. um, he's a big key piece, big key piece to this offense. Um, we've seen them get by without him, but with him, um, I think they have an excellent, excellent chance, especially if it does come down to a final drive because he is a target um, who can go up and get anything. Yeah, and that sort of leads into my final question is just looking at this game, not getting too maybe far ahead of ourselves because obviously it's a week-to-week -week lead league, excuse me, but how would you maybe assess this team's chances of now getting into the tournament and maybe where mm -hmm. they go from here? Yeah, I think they have a chance to go, and it's going to depend on their health, right? So it's going to depend mm -hmm. on Mike Williams being available. It's going to depend on Joey Bosa being able to go out there and maybe not be his full self, but be a pretty good percentage of himself. Um, this roster was built to make a deep run. I wrote it early, early in the season, and it looked like it, this roster was not going to come back together. Now it still isn't. Um, you know, Rashawn Slater, there's still a question mark whether he will actually get to come back. Um, they're mm -hmm. not going to get J.C. Jackson back. But other than that, you know, Michael Davis is playing really well. So this roster, as it currently stands, is in position to win a playoff game, if not two. I think if you get Rashawn Slater back, um, you can start talking about an AFC championship appearance. There we go. Chargers fans like to hear that. Lindsay, thank you so much for joining me. We appreciate it. Happy wildcard weekend. Thanks for having me, Haley. My pleasure.